adventures of Harold the greatest rat detective as he stops crime and eats some cheese, solves mysteries and eats some cheese, finds. Oh, he just eats a lot of cheese. The Cousin Harold webcomic is updated five days a week for your enjoyment at www.cousinherald.com. Uh, this is Ink Studs Road Trip. I'm sitting with my co-pilot. Is that a good term to go with? I thought Gob was your co-pilot. Here we go. Um, Brandon Graham. Uh, we're down in Los Angeles in the home of Ron Rigi Jr. Um, Ron's latest book is, let me make sure I'm getting all the words right, The Cartoon Utopia, mm-hmm. um, from which came up with Fantagraphs, I think, last year? Yes. And, and November 2012. There we go. I um, had to get it 11, out. 11, 12, 13? In 2012. Hmm? 11, 11, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, Pretty close Might as November. well make Yeah Oh no it's not I can't think It's 1113 mm. Sorry Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways <laughs> Yes You wanted it out for November Yes I wanted it out for 2012 Okay And I just barely got it out Oh so it's the previous year Yeah 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 Okay I didn't realize it was that long ago We were talking before about how What a departure this seemed from your previous work Oh right Uh huh 
it almost seems like the work you've kind of been building to in the way like it's your yeah most kind of solidified personal right yeah chunk thing i'd say it looks it looks different maybe than my earlier comic books but if anyone's been watching like my work in general it's like this natural progression you know like what i've been doing over the past decade mm. Mm-hmm. kind of looks it has built up to looking like that you know which looks a lot different than skipper be by but that was a long time ago yeah so. um now you kind of you started this book with like mini comics mm-hmm. i think like some of the concepts like i remember your kramer's piece is kind of yeah i did i did like a bunch of drawings i was doing these four by six drawings um like postcard size and i just paneled them out and numbered them. I did like 80 of them. And it was just something to have around the house because yeah. I wasn't drawing comics. I didn't have any ideas. And then, of course, like at seeing they were progressive as they went by, I was like, oh, this is turning into something. So, yeah, it started as kind of like art pieces. And like the first thing I did, I think I had a show. Uh, family store I used to have a gallery, Hope Gallery, actually right near here. And uh, I displayed like 80 of them. So it was like I was selling them as art. For a while and then of course they became stories and they became what they you know as you're doing those as it 80, turned into those 80 cards did you yeah. find a connection between them like as well i was doing the them? cartoon utopia idea and then i was just putting in like my own like weird like inspirations but then i was also reading a bunch of stuff so that started to sneak in and i would like highlight things and be like oh i want i'm gonna make a comic of this three three sentences you know or put these in the drawings or whatever i remember you were doing like mini comics and envelopes mm-hmm. with yeah. that stuff too like weird like little small oh uh-huh, yeah yeah weird little things like that yeah it's it's kind of neat to see like how you start out with these little nuggets and uh-huh, how it right. kind of like yeah comes into like this big uniform mm-hmm, thing yeah thing. and i didn't know starting out that it was going to be this at all it, it really like developed naturally i had another whole book of it like put together when it was like half as big I was like, maybe I'll put this out. And I was like, oh, it's like another 60-page book that doesn't... It, and I was like, and I'm still doing this stuff. Yeah. So I kind of like didn't know what I was doing with it and then waited a couple more years and then was like, oh, okay, now it's a giant book. Now, you have some of the, the single illustrations in this, mm-hmm. but not all of them. No, they're all in there, they're, yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought yeah. I was like seeing like the numbers starting later. They're not in order. In okay. The they're kind of strewn around, but they're all in there. I was just wondering if, like, there was, like, something different, like, as far as, like, kind of realizing when you get to a certain point while you're doing them, like, what oh, right, is yeah. coming up that may not be connected yeah, yeah. to what it was starting so this, with. Is this usually how you work, where you kind of just jump into something with faith that'll just see where it'll go, or do you normally have more of a, um, of a plan for a book? I don't know. Each it, They all, I guess it's all random because they all like each one depends on the project mm-hmm. and everything I do is kind of different than the last thing. Uh, I wasn't doing any comics or anything like that. And this one just kind of came about, uh, which is different than the, yeah, doing something more planned out. Right. So this is a lot. Now, um, you, I think you, you said you're like reading stuff, looking at stuff. Was mm-hmm. there like a something specific that was really, um, affecting how you were analyzing things because i mean the one of the big themes of the book for me is like um i don't want to say systems of belief but like mm, kind of yeah 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 ideas Different. of belief yeah 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 uh-huh. and so was this like a new thing that you'd kind of been kind of yeah i started going to my friend maja dow's lectures 
Uh, and I was kind of generally becoming interested in esoteric stuff, uh, the history of that stuff, especially in relation to California. Yeah. Uh, was becoming really inter interesting to me, and I was kind of looking at it all. And then my friend Majo was doing uh, lectures at this place, the Philosophical Research Society, which was Manly Hall's, Manly P. Hall's place, which is, you know, three miles from here in Los Feliz. And she was doing lectures there, and I went to it, and I was really interested in her lectures. And that's a lot of my lecture notes are comics. And oh, her, okay. Yeah, Very yeah. Nice. Notes from her lectures make up a big bunch of this book. Yeah, it's all, like, listed in the back, all the, like, the pages that are from her lectures. And, uh, and then a lot of my friends, when I went, a lot of my friends were there and stuff like that. So it's sort of become this kind of, like, community that I'm part of here. Uh, of people that are kind of interested in a lot of this stuff, uh, going to her lectures, and then we're also really interested kind of in the history. Yeah. Was it kind of you working out the ideas then of, of what the lectures were about and uh, yeah, kind of esoteric stuff? Yeah, kind so, yeah, of. That's what I was wondering when I was reading it is how much was just solid beliefs that you'd held for a long time and how much oh, right, was you yeah. just saying like, well, this is an interesting idea. What happens if I draw it out and talk about it? That's kind of more what it was like. Okay. Yeah, it was like new things that I was discovering and stuff. So it's not dogmatic. No, not at all. Mm -mm. No, I haven't really found any like strict thing to be dogmatic about, really. And I think yeah. that makes it more interesting, too, because it makes it kind of an active thing where it can be a conversation with the reader. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, nobody reads the Bible and as a maybe kind of thing. Right, yeah. As if, you read, if you read really this should. book first, you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I do. <laughs> I've probably read the Bible as a maybe sort of thing my whole life, which is what led me to do this. Nice. Did you, were you raised? I went to Catholic school and stuff, oh, okay. so religion was part of school for me. Like, I went to Mass and stuff like that. And it wasn't like it was any kind of, like, strict thing. I just happened to grow up in a place where everyone else was Catholic. Well, you were in a very Catholic state. Yeah, in a very Catholic state. It was very, yeah, so, like, that was just, like, the way things were kind of stuff but like yeah I knew about it my whole life so I actually think that's what made it interesting when I started looking into western it must have something to do with why I got interested in western stuff because yeah. as soon as I started reading like western esotericism I was like oh this is really interesting to me I like reading the way this is written in yeah. a way that I don't like reading eastern stuff and I'm like it must be because I was it must have some like catholic link well I mean yeah there is some interesting I mean, the, All the flags and the angels and the, you know, Ouroboruses and symbols and it's just, you know. Now by Eastern you mean like um, Asian. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Like Buddhist like, or Hindu related stuff never like super interested me. I mean, I basic ideas of stuff, but I never got like super deep into yeah. like Zen or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Bells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like one of the things with with this. Or, or maybe I thought it was all like very interesting, but I didn't. It doesn't seem. It wasn't like unique to me, you know. Yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the ideas, I guess, are kind of like um, Near Eastern, mm -hmm. based, like Egyptian. Yeah. yeah. Biblical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind guess of more stuff. Old Testament biblical, or a bit of old and new. Probably a little bit old, because a lot of what I'm looking at is, like, alchemical Western stuff. So a lot of it, like, it can go into that stuff because it's, you know, like, mixed together. Yeah. And stuff like that, symbolism in it. Um, so who were some of the folks that you, like, were reading and have been reading that uh, kind of really tapped into? Well, Manly P. Hall's stuff is really great. The There's kind of the two, the two big books I have. There's one, this book on alchemy that I have, uh, 
written by this guy, Johannes. Uh, I have to go get the book in the other room. Uh, Fabricius, Johannes Fabricius. Mm-hmm. Is that it's the big... thing that still gets discussed? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's really the mo- the main basis of everything that I'm doing is okay. the kind of alchemical it's such a, stuff. Um, Dungeons and Dragons understanding. Oh right. Just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. There's basically two sides to alchemy. There's the physical, the way that it fits into history. There's mm-hmm. the physical side, which you know, uh, the physical side does form the basis of chemistry, but it isn't like that's all that there was. It was also. Uh, a way of kind of understand it was a system for recognizing like making making your way through the human psyche mm-hmm. and to progress towards life it's really ancient like kind of like psychological stuff okay. and um, I mean all young the whole all of Jung's stuff is taken from alchemy he spent like the second half of his life writing about alchemy and basically the, the idea is that all of his ideas of uh, archetypal images that appear in our dreams all are similar and there's this system that we all have together but it can be explained through alchemy as being kind of ancient Hmm. Uh, and they're kind of the carriers of a lot of kind of ancient ideas i like i really like theosophy and madame blavatsky and manly hall as two people to look at for uh being interested in this stuff and i think they're both enormous kind of like figures in the history of spirit like modern spirituality and well, for the Luddite like myself, mm-hmm. he was Manly P. Hall. Manly P. Hall was a guy who, who did a book called The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Here, I'll just get it, even though this is the radio. That's okay. Because it'll make sense if I show it. Oh, wow. This is, this is Ron's his... pulled out a big book. That was a book that he did in 1939. Uh, and then he also, and it's actually the title kind of explains it to you. It is... The Encyclopedic Outline of Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalistic, and Rosicrucian Symbolism. Yeah, symbol- Symbolical. I can't talk today. <laughs> Philosophy. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So it's really like it's, in a way, I don't want to say boiling down, but definitely like taking. I do know a little bit about the Rosicrucian. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and he so and he found he founded a place called the Philosophical Research Society. He made this book. Uh, it's in Los Angeles. It was in the 30s. Someone like Manley Hall is, would be someone who would be responsible for why astrology is commonplace in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's kind of people like him. Okay. Uh, so he collected a lot of stuff and made this book when he was really young. Madame Blavatsky, on the other hand, uh, she was she was Russian. Russian. She was yeah. Russian, and she was alive in the 1850s ish. You know, like second half of the 1800s, and. Um, she, you know, had a much bigger, she started the Theosophical Movement, which if you know anything like Rudolf Steiner mm-hmm. or Anthroposophy, that kind of stuff, Waldorf schools, that's a, his whole deal is a, like a branch of Theosophy. See, my and, knowledge is somewhat limited to like reading some Robert Anton Wilson books mm-hmm. and knowing a little bit about Crowley and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reading some stuff on Masonic tradition. Yeah. I only know this through watching conspiracy theory documentaries. Mm, yeah, that's, it's been super interesting getting into this stuff and seeing all the different ways that people come from it. It's really, kind of it's really funny. Yeah. People so, just being like, um, and even like I've been noticing like I'm doing a, a comic next on Madame Blavatsky. If I tag mm-hmm. anything, the Oscar, you'll get like people being like, why do you worship Satan? Because they know all the catch words. Yeah. And they're on all the social media, what yelling the, at anyone. 
yeah. who puts up like if you put up the tag six 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 and like go and like or you know the great beast or like yeah. whatever. Uh, but it's also people like Manly Hall and Blavatsky and stuff like yeah. that that they're just they're out there looking. That's yeah. interesting. So what was your introduction to this type of stuff? Just going to these lectures and seeing it, like kind of the history of it in California because there's so many cults and there's so many spiritual movements that kind of did stuff here and I was just kind of interested in like the basis of uh, earlier basically the new the new age or just like modern spirituality that we have mm-hmm. in this amazing States. drawing of a uh, a cloud with a bunch of bizarre animals there's a cow with a globe on top of its head and a, and a mm-hmm. lion and a cow with wings on a cloud with a glowing lamb all behind a menorah it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be the lamb. That's the Lamb of God mm-hmm. on top of you know, and some of the things you might recognize. And there's pyramids in here too. And that's the Egyptian thing, right? Oh yeah. And there's an angel. That's probably yeah, Mary. That's guys. Mary stepping on the snake. Oh yeah. There's a lot of simple things in this stuff. Like if you know, any, if you have any like Christian there's, stuff, like if you ever looked at some, in someone's yard of those Mary statues, she's yeah. standing on a globe with her foot on a snake. There's it's a the kind of thing when you go to church, you're like, "What is that?" This is a, it. Looks like a <laughs> bathtub full of rocks with a giant egg in it that a bull is smashing his head into. Yeah, a lot of it's really funny. Yeah, there's a lot of good. Com- there's a lot of good comedy. <laughs> like at a com- in looking it. at the stuff, like with my background in, yeah. um, you know, studying lots of Robotech, it's very. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, that's the interesting thing that a lot of this stuff is in a lot of our like myths, and we don't even yeah, know it because it's just kind of yeah. So these basically, Madame Blavatsky and both Manley Hall were people that brought a lot of this information together and kind mm-hmm. of archived it early, you know, around early in the twentieth century. It's uh, looking through your book. Um, it's like every page is a different idea. Yeah, and I guess that kind of goes with what you're saying earlier with the lectures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I kind of love that it's like you can kind of flip it open randomly and just jump into. That was kind of the idea, too, yeah, that it's supposed to, that you could kind of like bibliomance the book mm-hmm. by just opening to a certain page. And like, yeah, no, it's weird. It's not meant to be like all read. I kind of feel like maybe I should put a little disclaimer like, you don't have to read this all in order, like right on the cover. And that actually made more sense for me. Mm-hmm. Through, like, I was reading it current, like in order, and it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I realized it's like, Certain things do connect, and certain things have linkages. Like I think yeah. you, you do some like creation myths mm-hmm. and a bunch of stuff. But it's also neat, like also jumping around with it. Like early on, you talk about Lilith, yeah, and yeah. later you talk about Lilith again, but in a completely different context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Instead yeah. Of being like the scorn, mm-hmm. you know, not wanted first wife, and yeah. like, being like this like creation of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to come back to the idea of it being you throwing ideas around and see what sticks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is there, are there certain ideas that you, that you had in the book that were much more personal or felt more, um, oh, connected like, to your... I'm probably just based on the stuff that I chose. I guess. I don't really know what parts. Yeah. <laughs> How does, um, do these systems kind of, or ideas, um, get ingrained in your daily life? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty pretty. It's it's pretty deep. It's probably changing my attitude, yeah, towards the world and how I deal with certain problems. And that's probably what spirituality is supposed to do for people because I don't necessarily think about it, but it probably forms a little bit of the basis 
of you know the choices I make or how I live my life or something like that. Uh, not exactly sure how. Uh, I really like the kind of it's someone I. I did a slideshow recently and I was talking about all this stuff and then somebody raised their hand and they're like, well, you keep talking about this stuff being really hard to find and really like kind of difficult to unearth. And I was actually trying to, I was trying to like compare this stuff to the way that, uh, why I did zines. Oh, it was at zine fair. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, I did zines because it was shit was just impossible to find out about. Yeah. And like, maybe you could find a zine that told you about classic bowling shirts mm -hmm. or like whatever the hell, you know, like I was trying yeah. to explain like this stuff to pre-internet. Yeah, pre-internet looking at things and then somebody raised their hand and they're like, well, are you talking about this stuff that's really difficult and hard to understand because your work's really difficult and hard to understand? <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, and you kind of like people like kind of gasped and I was like, yeah, actually that is why I'm doing this because my work is difficult and hard to understand. But I mentioned it's a kind isn't of for language. everyone and that's kind of sometimes what makes people want to look at stuff. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's you kind of creating your own... Uh, I always think about, sometimes when I don't get work, it's that I just don't have the tools. I'm not speaking the mm, same language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it could either work backwards or forwards, or somebody gets into your stuff and finds something really fascinating about it, and that makes them want to uproot the things that are getting you thinking, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I love it when I find work that, like, I can't understand, and even if I don't like it, there's a lot of things sometimes I'm like, I'd like to understand this, even if I'm not necessarily into this. Yeah genre of whatever it is that it yeah. you know that it's about but this looks interesting you know? there's something i like also about kind of challenging the reader yeah i like that yeah like, uh, and i like that idea something like kind of chippendale would do too like probably mm -hmm. not purposefully yeah um with the zigzags but yeah, still yeah. like it's it's something i kind of like push for folks like look at work and how it challenges you like Mm -hmm. You can't just like read this like a Seth comic and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's done. That was yeah. great. That was really mm -hmm. Like this one, you kind of have to like, okay, I'm reading this. What is it saying? Yeah. And that becomes yeah. really important because like <clears throat> there's certain readers that will get or viewers or whatever. They get upset if you challenge them because so many things are spoon fed to people. And so yeah. yeah, watch yeah. Movies and that's totally fine. Like there's other comics for those people to read. Yeah. But it may, I feel there's like it plenty of them. They're really easy to understand. <laughs> yeah. But you want to, you want to, that's why things that question yeah. people become so much more valuable, uh -huh. especially when it becomes expected to not yeah. be questioned, to not, to not yeah. question. And I think I always did, uh, I always did comics. Half of it's in my own like weird way that I know how I want it to look. That's a little bit unusual. And then half it is that I do want to like not, I was, I didn't have any ideas for like normal stuff. And I am kind of interested in the comics medium. Like I don't want to make some storyboard kind of yeah. camera angle stuff with my work. It's not really like my intention at all to make anything that resembles a moving image yeah. in the least. And I feel like there's other, there's plenty of people doing that. And there's all these other things with comics and with drawing in general that, there's these other areas that can be looked at. Well, I mean, with your work, it's the image itself is moving mm, a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Like you really get, and I'm thinking like more, especially like more recent work, mm -hmm. um, where you see like where you kind of get like these faces that are kind of pushing through mm -hmm. the panel. And mm. I find that really interesting. Like just kind of how you're creating this motion. I think. That makes sense. Yeah, I was I was interesting because I was thinking of you know, looking at the work that he has on the wall here, how it kind of feels a lot more like it's diagrams to explain things, and like mm. almost like you're mm -hmm. you're coming from a place where you're not thinking about movement, you're thinking about the printed image. 
Oh, is, right, is the basis yeah. of, especially when you're explaining these, these big concepts about time and mm -hmm. uh, the individual is mm -hmm. maybe not an individual. Right, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, going, I like was making notes and eventually I just stopped because every page, mm -hmm. um, was a, was a note and I'm like, well, we're not going to talk about every, yeah. every two page spread. Um, but one of the things to think about, and Brandon actually brought this up, um, <laughs> that doesn't look D and D. I'm looking at a picture, which is just a giant with giant bat wings holding on to a king in a wizard's cloak. That's a pissed off angel. Yeah. Um, All the Arthurian legend. The thing about this is that actually this book mm -hmm. is fairly... This is the art... There's a reader's edition where it's all this. It's just a paperback. with, But it kind of explains each thing that you've heard of. Like the whole... What's the whole esoteric Rosicrucian tradition with the Knights of the Round Table? Because mm -hmm. that's all that shit is about. And I'm like, I read half those books. I don't remember who wrote them or where I got them, but they were in the library and I read like a whole bunch of like king arthur books when i was right. a kid you know and so like yeah a lot of that stuff is like so mixed it goes into in the history of yeah like what that is and why the table is round and a lot of it is like you're like oh this is buddhism uh-huh interesting um was banley hall um engaged in any traditions or was he kind of more from like an anthropological uh perspective uh he was about he was a historian more than anything else, and it was kind of anthropological. And his place is about the whole PRS. It's philosophy, religion, and science. And the idea of all of this is there was a time when all three were the same thing, mm -hmm. and that if we can look, if we could look at things in that way again, that there's similarities instead of differences. Um, if anything, he was uh, for like he became a Freemason basically because he knew more about their history than they did. Like he would give, because he gave lectures. He's mostly a historian, a lecturer. Yeah. Really, even though he wasn't officially, he made his own college. He wasn't, like, attached to any Well, for masonry, it seems at this point it's less about the... Ma actual masonry? Well, it hasn't been about that for a long time. Um, but it's, I mean, it's more just kind of... It's a shell of it. any of the... It's, it's like the, a fraternity. So, yeah, it's a fraternity in any of the, it's like so many things, any of the kind of, like depth of symbolism is behind the images is kind of like people aren't necessarily paying attention to they have about as much they're, they're kind of like a less dirty version of like skull and crossbones at this point <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the yale mm -hmm. right yeah yeah like i said my my understanding of it is so yeah it comes from it. yeah that stuff crazy conspiracy theories about space lizards that it's hard to oh yeah stay away from that i love all that stuff <laughs> yeah that's the thing and, and are I was... you kidding me every time lady gaga does something new i want to go see what those oh, people say about like... it because they have something to say yeah. about like every like thing that's come out yeah it's amazing it's like they'll do a thing about like a an mtv video presentation i love it they'll just be like this is clearly like all yeah. of this Masonic because stuff. they have a lot of it because they actually do know a lot of this stuff it's just yeah. like they're it's it um it's their reasoning and I almost wish that it was all true because I'm not all of it. I don't want to be enslaved mm -hmm. by lizard people, but I would love the idea <laughs> that that pop music had this like occultist backing to it, mm -hmm. rather than just you know. Well, it's funny because what they're actually picking out, it seems like, is these yeah. archetypes that exist in myths, like well, universal like, myth archetypes, yeah. and it's very you know it's very like Jungian. So it is funny when I'm like, that's probably yes, that is why we have the tradition of such and such and why she's wearing wings yeah. with or whatever. Well, the Kanye but, West tour where he 
Well, it's all had a mask okay. and the giant uh, mountain that comes in the middle. Yeah. And he like walks up and down the mountain and then he dresses mm-hmm. up as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's necessarily going as deep as he could be with the why he's doing a it. A lot of it's very fashionable too, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. But I mean the, he's definitely like he says the reason like he was criticized for doing the Jesus stuff, but he's like, Well this is a tradition, this is you know, people do it in opera. It's yeah. like an opera. Yeah, that's a, it's um, Oh here it is right here. It's really interesting how it how it's it, the other book that I, uh, use. I lost my train of thought. Um, Do you, well, I mean, you're pulling out these great books. Um, mm-hmm. Is this something that you're constantly referring to for yourself? It's just like, uh, yeah, that one, that one I look at a lot. Uh, this is this one I'm more like reading, getting my way th- through it because it's like history. Johannes Fabricius. 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 And um, that's the, the symbolism that that's the John D. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Symbol, right? Yeah, there's a lot. He's in there a lot. It's a woman's symbol with a uh, taco on top of it, is it? With the... <laughs> yes. yes right. um, John D. was Queen Elizabeth's alchemist. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know much about him beyond that, but... He told her the Spanish Armada was coming? And they did. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and so she much. was ready and they won the battle? Nice. Do, do you find, like, I believe that's the big, that's the wizard thing. Looking at a lot of this stuff, do you find that you see symbolism in your own work that you didn't? Uh, lately, lately, yeah. I just assume it's going to be in there. Yeah, because a lot of stuff I'm not trying to put it in necessarily, and then it's there. Because learning, right. kind of learning to work, making making art for myself was mm-hmm. such a was such a um, interesting thing in learning how when a lot of times when people review art and talk about art that how off it seems to me and obviously mm. I just have my experience but mm-hmm. you know people will talk about all the things that somebody put into something that they were that they were working on oh right yeah yeah a lot yeah. of times it's just you're like, of, I don't see it yeah yeah, yeah a lot of times it's just, you, just the experience of working on something and you can be putting a lot into it but then there's also times when you're just making lines yeah for no reason yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed to say that as much <laughs> um Something Brandon brought up when we were looking through the books is, and I was going to steal your thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk about duality in male and female, mm, and yeah, yeah. matriarchy, mm-hmm. matriarchy. Mm. Um, and so, like, hearing that he's coming from these lectures, mm. um, which are probably coming from older ideas we're with now, mm. gender is a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting, like, um, and kind of wondering how that works. Do you think, have you thought about that? What do you mean specifically? I was reading and I was thinking, um, I, have a, I have a friend who's a trans- transgender woman who I talk to comic book, talk about comic mm-hmm. books a lot with, and, um, and I was just wondering what it would be like for her to read it and have this like dual, or somebody who was even genderqueer, where they were kind of mm-hmm. less in the, in the center of anything, mm. or less on one or the other, what it would be like to read about the duality of gender. Right, yeah, that's one of the first alchemical things I talk about. In here is kind of the basic, the, the yeah, that each individual is more, you know, has a lot of both, mm-hmm. you know, depending, and then it's a more liquid thing. Is it? Which I think is interesting. Societally uh, inscribed in both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask about some of those those ideas in lectures. Um, one in particular is thinking about it is just kind of your interest in creation myths. Mm, kind mm-hmm. of like, um, have you found something unifying um, that's kind of stuck out for you? Oh, in creation myths? Yeah. Uh, 
they do all seem to be pretty similar, don't they? <laughs> uh, I think it's really interesting right now that I think is really cool about uh, a lot of this stuff is that the stuff that we're discovering, like the whole Big Bang thing, you know, like discovering yeah. the, the scientific evidence of it being a real and a lot of the like individual, the whole like everything being part, being broken down into particles and everything coming from the same place and everything that the creation myths all kind of science in a lot of those myths are like really starting to resemble each other you know yeah these well, days it's interesting because like Higgs boson came up in the last interview mm -hmm. and then a couple days ago in an interview it was kind of the the opposite of the spectrum with uh, Michael Ridden the existential crisis of does it all end and where does it start yeah we had a mm -hmm. conversation with him kind of about him being either terrified of the idea of mortality and oh, right, ceasing yeah. to exist, or the idea of never ceasing to exist, which are both terrifying uh -huh, ideas. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. Those are <laughs> but I think they it's are. just like, I mean, if you're talking about doing your life's work and doing serious art, you're going to want to address that being stuff. alive. Yeah. You would think so, yeah. Uh -huh. so it seems <laughs> like it makes sense for this to come uh -huh. Yeah. I was going to just point, I'm looking at a picture now of a kind of godlike figure standing huge on a planet. And that, I think this is, this is Kabbalah, oh, right? Yeah. The Check out that crazy Kabbalah. Jewish thing. What yeah. the hell is that? That's, that's, that's the stuff Madonna's into? Or am I thinking of? Oh, uh, yeah, Alan that's Moore. true. Let's see. Alan Moore. Mm -hmm. Madonna, is Madonna popularized it? All right. I mean, it was in the news a lot because of her whatever whatever year that was right about this is the sun is blocking out <laughs> a the, version of it the the genitals mm -hmm. and i was wondering if it was if it was some kind of sun censorship or if it was actually the sun the his genitals coming, uh, just coming radiating it must say down it must say down here. yeah it's just <laughs> It's, it's really it's, a I know it's small just not writing. Gonna give me like the words like uh, yeah. you know his dick is uh, yeah exactly is what the Earth orbits <laughs> around, which is really what I'm getting from this image. <laughs> and really, Madonna is that what we're into now? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's uh, Crowley took a lot of Kabbalah, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole Saratov Tree of Life thing. Yeah, and it's, and it's a lot about sexuality, but yeah. Oh, right, Alan Moore's into it. Yeah, mm -hmm. Alan Moore's all about sex magic. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, no, totally. Um, I forgot where I was at. You, you were asking me about creation. Yeah, we were talking about creation. But yeah, it's, what's kind of gone with you, um, or kind of have you kind of formulated your own ideas about things coming from bringing in all these ideas and sources? Yeah, probably. Yeah. My, like, world outlook. Yeah. Yeah, this stuff definitely affects it all. Uh, I'm a very, like, I'm very much a generalist with a lot of it, and I'm not, like, authoritative, but I am definitely, like, feeling really happy about being kind of like a mouthpiece for a lot of this stuff, but there's so many different parts that I'm interested in, and I a lot of it, I think the main thing is just comparing it to my own experiences being kind of like an artist and someone who's kind of wondering and seeing that there's things... They're really kind of like confusing aspects. I got into a lot of the like the weirdo guys. There's a lot of people in this book, and there's this whole cast of like guys that I'm just like people like Tesla. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's interesting. You talk a bit about Tesla and Mesmer and um, Wilhelm Reich, and these guys all had the same thing. They're like, there's this mysterious thing that we don't understand that we can't study, and it maybe it does this. 
you know, and there's a lot of it. I'm really right now into the parts of like science, like we still don't know what electricity is. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it's interesting. But and I love a lot of these guys with their wild ideas. I'm really into Sun Ra lately. I mean, I always have been for like nice. 25 years, but now I can like look at his stuff and I'll be like, oh, he read all this Egyptian shit. He's not making anything <laughs> up. He's just, ja he's just talking in like jazz style about like the books he read. Right. Interesting. <laughs> um, and it's like Tesla and Riker kind of interesting because they're also like kind of very like on a spectrum at completely opposite ends where yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Tesla uh, abstains. <laughs> oh, but very. Oh, but both very similar in some ways. Yeah. As in, because t as soon as Tesla died, I don't know conspiracy theory, but I'm pretty sure it's in the book. When Tesla died, what the FBI went in and took all his shit away, and no one's ever seen it again. Yeah. From his hotel room, and then is that it, what happened with Riker too? Reich, they burned everything while he was in jail. He died in jail. Oh, and okay. he, the, there's footage of it that's really disturbing uh, of just of them dumping truckloads of his life work into an insurance. They took, because he was in Maine, they went to Maine and they took everything, every copy of all of his books and most of his writing. Who was doing that? Uh, it was the government. Mm -hmm. It was the um, health department. Because was his trouble, it was all the Oregon stuff. He got in trouble over making. Uh, unlicensed uh, health devices. Hmm. And it was, the Oregon box was the box you, is it sitting? Yeah, there's our, all kinds of Oregon accumulator, yeah, shaped yeah. devices and stuff like that. That's, yeah, like, it's like a metal lined box with like steel wool inside it and stuff like that. There's an amazing Burroughs documentary uh, when he's living in like in a weird bunker in New York. Oh, he was really into that. He, had, he a had a great like, organ box. Yeah. yeah, in a closet. There's just an organ yeah. box. He just goes yeah. and sits in there for a while. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like the organ thing, like coming through through him, and it's like you go and you sit in it for a while. It's almost like this trick of forced meditation. I think that might even be all it is, because if you think about like when like the people in the time that he was trying to like make people do that stuff. 20s, 30s, 40s, like nobody yeah. was meditating, but you could, if someone was into it and you couldn't even explain to them what meditation was, right. it's like, sit it's in this like box a... and you'll, you'll collect life energy yeah. like and you'll feel better when you come out. Don't fall asleep. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, like that early sensory deprivation tank? Kind of, but it was also yeah. the base, it was like sexual energy, right? Yeah, his, the whole basis behind Reich and why he couldn't, why he's dangerous mm -hmm. is the idea that uh, orgone is basically the ener the orgasmic energy is like basically, and this goes into this stuff because it's what erotic energy, it's what eros is, mm -hmm. you know the eros and psyche, eros, cupid, it's the like it's what makes motion, it's the desire to move, right. is sure like it's the also. same as like like orgasmic energy being the pinnacle of it. So uh -huh. his whole thing was about, well, if we can, and he did all weird experiments with people, putting people into weird states and having them like have full body orgasms and stuff. And you look at his stuff and you're like, it's all mega creepy right. and weird, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what it was about. It was like, like, that's the most powerful energy in the universe and we can study it and probably like focus on it and use it for like benefits for human health. Interesting. Which is an idea that you're like, whoa, that could, that's really powerful and dangerous idea. Yeah. And at the time, the government was like, no, no, no. And he wanted to like teach kids about sex. Like, really yeah, early yeah. Too. And they were just like, no, no, no. And yet he, he opened schools in Germany, I think. But, oh, Germany, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting. But I should probably talk more about comics. <laughs> Or, you know, whatever, whatever you're interested in. Oh, so, so well, we can talk about your uh, 
your Diana comic, you just... Uh, oh, right, yeah. That, probably you're, that, I pretty, that I realized the day after I went to the post office that I should have just kept it for you. Yeah, that's okay. But it'll be waiting for you. It's a treat when I get home. home. Yeah. Um, Diana uh, of the Amazons, um, who some people may know um, <laughs> with a WW name. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a kind of more recent thing doing. Yeah, this is a one, this is like a one-off thing really it's it'll be a part of my next book but oh, okay my next book is going to be a collection of thicker stories like stories like this it's going to be five or six things that are about 20 30 pages long are so they... a lot more like focused things and they're all adaptations which seems to be all i do anymore but... so what's this what's this book an adaptation of it's wonder woman oh wow okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm but I'm using the modern era. I've presented it in a kind of new, unique way. Did you go back into the... Into <laughs> and the I'm not really saying that that's what it is. It was really fun to... I, I, just, I said it. You didn't I said, say it. I, I said, said it. it. I right. made the assumption. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, written. No, but it's a parody, so it's okay, right? Yeah. Well, you, were in, um, you were in Devlin's book, right? Well, that's, the... this is a kind of a reflection of that, yeah. I did oh, Spider-Man okay. was the first published thing I ever did. Uh... Was the first offset printed... Not yeah. a mini comic. Not a mini comic thing that I ever did was my Spider-Man story. So this is kind of like cheaper. What year was that? Was that ninety six? Almost twenty years. Yeah. Jesus. Hmm? All the weird origins of Wonder Woman with the uh, the lie detector test being tied in, and is that is that going to it? Yeah, this book is a, it's a little bit. Um, oh yes, it's, of course. I've added a couple evangelical paragraphs. Okay. About uh, Marston, I when I found that out, it was the same as all this shit. Right. When I found out that this dude like invented the lie detector and lived openly with two women, one that was 20 years his younger and had like a family with them in the 40s in Connecticut, I was like, something's wrong with the comic book world. Because <laughs> this guy's awesome. Because this is crazy. I'm like, something's wrong with the alternative comics world. Something's wrong with something that I don't know this. Right. Well, he was super into because, bondage too, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's yeah, and the lie detector. And that's yeah, where the like stuff. truth all comes in. And, yeah. yeah. Well, in the covers of the comics, she yeah. gets tied up a lot. Yeah, and there was he even that he was a psychologist. He had like deeper like theories about that stuff that that he was trying to like put into the comics. It's super interesting. It's it really seems like could use a lot more <laughs> examination and like yeah, not in a even... not in a like make a Hollywood movie out of it. Yeah kind of way you know it's like well it's all, it seems like exactly the wrong hands for that right now it's just like yeah <laughs> which is why which is why i kids. made that which is why i yeah. made that and then i looked into the greek myth thing too with with it's so funny looking at it because you're like these are real characters from greek myths in the greek myth if you know anything about the wonder woman story because hercules comes to like steal the girl and he he like coerces it away from her by trying to like hit on her mm -hmm. and um wonder woman's mother in the original Greek myth, he just shows up, chops her head off, takes the girdle, and goes back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, like, I read that part, and I was like, oh, wow. And he must have read this and been like, I'm going to make the comic. I'm going to change the story a little bit. And that's where we get Wonder Woman. Oh, it's one of the, um, and it's super sexist. Like, yeah. in the Greek myth, you're just like, what? And you're like, oh, wow, look at where patriarchy comes from. Yeah, and it's funny because in comics, people look at Wonder Woman as, like, this, like, icon of... Or of like almost a feminist icon. But if it does come from mm -hmm. that idea, then it, then it could be. Yeah. Like, uh, like what if 
reappropriating it. Yeah, which is which is really cool, mm-hmm. and it's even cool how many people reappropriate it now. Like I had some friends in in Olympia. There's a bunch of a bunch of lesbians and and a and a genderqueer dudeish creature that were all living in this house. It was called the Wonder Woman House. Yeah, that's great. And uh, and it, it was a really positive thing, and you know, not at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, on the same side as like the. You know, action figures or whatever else so yeah i did this and xeroxed it and sold it online and sold out of them and no one's even seen it yet which i thought was kind of interesting yeah i was like oh i just sold this comic and people bought it and they can only see a couple like pictures of it it's kind of a fun way to do something right now yeah i I was like thinking of different ways and i kind of i'm like i'd like to make a little bit of money from this and like what way can i do it and i talked to a few different people about like public you know like the idea of like making three thousand of them and not, you know, and like maybe making a few hundred bucks versus just making a small, and it, it feeds the same thing to me, which is all that really matters. Because the hard thing about doing stuff like this is, I have a whole bunch of these stories. I could do these twenty-five pages and then just stick it in my closet, yeah, for five years until I do the next book. But making, knowing that there's like a few hundred people that want to see it and to show it to them, now I feel fine to put it away. And you do lots for of a while. Weird different minis. Yeah. Pretty stuff. constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always kind of like doing, yeah, like weird kind of limited things. But yeah, it's kind of fun to be able to like tell people and sell it that way and kind of like make up for the. I'm kind of just looking, I'm just like, I did nothing else for a month and couldn't do any other work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'd like to make my rent for that month. And <laughs> so what, that particular story, you like, it kind of. I was looking, I don't remember exactly what. Uh, I was looking at when I got the idea. Oh, it was the book. There's the... I can't remember the guy's name who did it. It's it's one of the... It's a big picture book. And I don't even know if it's Chip Kid designed it or not. But those series where they have the big close-up pictures of the scissors. and like, Yeah, that's Chip Kid. Yeah, yeah, stuff. And But then the guy who wrote... There's two versions. One is has more pictures. Oh, okay. And then one is half the size, but actually has different stuff in it oh, Greg, da- Greg Daniels wrote the book okay uh, so it's just that it's like a history book of Wonder Woman so it was when I was looking through all that stuff that I found that these it has the very first you know the origin story stuff oh, okay. in there and these are from the newspaper strips these are exactly from the newspaper strips of which there's a photo of uh, those tear sheets that they send to the that they would send to the newspapers, you know, with the crop marks and everything. Yeah, it's photos of two of them, so it's like makes up like two weeks, and that is the only evidence of those newspaper strips that I was able to find oh, really? in existence anywhere. Which is I'm also like, that's odd. I'm like, okay, I went into all the gold and searching through all these websites, nothing. Do you check the, the story, the origin story of Wonder Woman appeared in like a shitload of different. They kept doing it over yeah. and over and over again. But I was like, these are the newspaper strips that I can't find anymore. Because I'm like, can I get the full run or something? Is there any way I can get this? It's the same story as the comic books. But I couldn't really find it. Billy Island Library, maybe. Yeah. I know that there's people out here who have this stuff. But I just think it's funny to just do, like, for for something so gargantuan, for so many other characters to do a general internet search and be like... Yeah, you could find any... I couldn't find anyone saying that they existed, actually. In the in the depth of like the Wikipedia things and stuff, I was like, no, actually, I found one place where it was like it ran in the newspaper from these years. Right, but that was the, but that was it. Yeah, it, it, really it just had like the dates. It almost looks like it's like transforming from something to something else. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. That wasn't on purpose. But things come out. Was mm-hmm. it? Was it? Is it? 
Is the logo meant to look kind of see-through, like a glass? It's supposed, uh, not necessarily. If anything, it's supposed to, that's supposed to look like a Golden Age okay. comic book cover. Nice. I started looking at it last year. I don't know what made me, like, be really into them, but just, like, all the old, like, the Marvel Girl and the what, Sun Girl mm-hmm. and uh, the Cat one. The uh, black cat. The black, yeah. There's been a lot of really nicely things I can't afford. Or like I went looking and I was just like, there's all this great stuff, like reprints. All the one, it's Tarpe Mills. It was this woman. It, anyways, I, yeah, like Golden Age. The cover designs, I love Golden Age cover designs. The insides yeah. I'm not so big on. Cause yeah, like, exactly. The yeah. comics aren't good. Yeah. But the yeah. cover designs are so neat because they're just like so much work went into those. With yeah. the other stuff, it's just like slapdash. Was, it, was it specifically yeah. the female superhero stuff that you gravitated? Yeah, to? I just like I just thought they looked cool. Yeah, on like uh, the good girl art level. There's like Venus. Thing. This looks a lot like Venus, which was an early Marvel one. Venus, huh? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like the most irresistible woman on earth, or yeah. something like that. I think that was your superpower. <laughs> Weird. So you said you could. Do you have other stories like this you've done recently, like long form, um, where you're exploring another story um, and kind of doing your version of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a few that I'm doing. This one up here on the wall is uh, Cosmogenesis, which is part of the Secret Doctrine by Blavatsky. So I'm doing like like an adaptation of some of that. Um, I'm going to do this short story by... This guy Stanislav Sukolsky. Uh, I'm gonna do like an ad that that'll be like 40 pages. So yeah, so I'm doing like a few different adaptation stuff. Do you do you plan out your work a fair amount beforehand, or is it? I guess yeah, usually pages. like yeah, many many years in advance. Because some of the pages yeah. on the wall just have text with no art on. Yeah, that's usually how I do it. Yeah, with this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. The text in this. Is I just break out what all of the the whole cartoon utopia. I break down what the text is going to be and then it actually it's really fun for me because I just today I, I get it it's like I get up and I read it and I'm like oh what's the picture that goes with that crazy oh, cool. statement yeah that's how the whole cartoon utopia was done anything that's sequential in cartoon utopia just kind of like I would see it and be like okay I'm going to draw to go with these sets of ideas I'm going to draw a woman walking through the panels and explain the ideas um, like kind of, but just kind of like the day of and stuff right Interesting. The lettering in Cartoon Utopia is very different, though. Yeah, it's really that bubble. Once I was halfway done, and I was like, I can't go back from this bubble lettering. <laughs> I made a book. I made a book that I don't think you can make a foreign edition of it. Really? Oh, because it's so ingrained in the art. Yeah, the art and the words are so together, and I don't think that you could. I'm not going to redraw them mm-hmm. in another layer. It's just well, no way. Yeah, and it's half the art. Like, yeah. I mean, they might. I, I did a thing. So I've seen some foreign editions of some of my books where they. Actually, go through and change the graffiti in the background. That's too. amazing. So yeah. this would be a huge. I don't think it'd be worth yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to physically redraw it or be some kind of master. Yeah, no, you. Could yeah, or it could look or maybe. Because no, I don't leave any room. If there's another, if yeah. the translation is another line longer, yeah. there's no room. So. And that's interesting. The no room thing, like that's another part of this book. It's very claustrophobic. Mm, yeah, and it's a little bit. I made it. I realize that it's hard to read, but that's kind of. I want people to have to slow down. I definitely like, yeah. I want to force, wanted to like force people to have to slow down to read it. Yeah, it's, it's all kind like of the, fun. The images are blinged of what's going on. It's yeah. very, yeah. The images kind of, I'd say they're like kind of informed by the drawings and kind of accompany the drawings, but they need mm-hmm. the drawings to really, yeah, tell that together. 
Do you, inter do you interact much with people that read your, your work? But do you have an idea of do you have an idea of who the readers are that you're working with, that you're communicating with when you make books like this? Uh, recently, with social media and stuff, I do. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> does it does it change at all? How I'm discovering. It's funny. It's it's actually just because the book's been out about a year, mm -hmm. and I'm starting to get uh, reactions, kind of social media wise, to stuff. And uh, it's kind of just like what I thought. It's like there were a handful of people, and I know because I've been selling a lot of my work. Like I could name you the 200 people maybe who are my fans, okay. just from people who have like constantly buy stuff and like stuff, mm -hmm. which is a little bit of a weird thing to do. So I know that there's like this <laughs> core like group of people, but then I've been, after, now that it's been a year, I'm getting a lot of really inspirational stuff from people who may not be into comics at all. Oh, people are finding the book in weird places and stuff like that, uh, which has been really fun. And that's really interesting, appealing to it, because I know there's a lot beyond the standard, rigid, like people who buy alternative comics crowd is pretty like, small thing compared to all the different kind of like yeah especially uh, the people that might stuff. be interested in and people that are ve like half interested in comics and stuff like that so it's starting to like branch out into that which is really kind of interesting uh, and I'm thinking now to, of like yeah doing this stuff if I would be doing the comics more for them or, or something but. Mm -hmm. especially with the esoteric crowd like that's can be such a big mm -hmm. world yeah yeah do you find like if you're kind of doing work for that world, like how you, um, what you put out, like what you're saying in your book, like mm -hmm. that people kind of that already know that will kind of go, okay, yeah, that's right, or kind of challenging some of that. I haven't gotten much like challenge stuff, which is a little. Sometimes I'm afraid about that because I'm certainly not an authority on anything. Yeah, I'm mostly just kind of like yapping about stuff but nobody's really it's, it's not, I think it's kind of like gussied up in the way of comic books being kind of casual or yeah. something like that it's somehow like in that realm that people don't challenge it or anything like that it's like the beginner's guide to mysticism yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> but the drawing's a lot better <laughs> <laughs> exactly um now you've been posting photos of these paintings, and I'm kind of looking them right here. Oh yeah, I had a show recently, which I've been really fascinated by, uh, looking at them online. I wonder if you can tell me a little more of like what's there. Um, there's a gallery called Dem Passwords in LA, and this guy Sebastian who runs it. Uh, he's done a lot of shows. He did Frank Santoro had a show there. Oh, yeah, and Jessica Chachi had a show there, and it's kind of people in the comics world and in kind of the like noise world kind of shows that he's had um but he had been asking me for a couple of years to do a show and i was doing the book and i was like all i have is pages from these books i can't give you anything else he's like well i don't actually want to i want you to like do an art show you do a body of work so he contacted me recently and it's it was the right time now to do it and i've been kind of goofing around with a bunch of different materials and the style that I did is it's that's just my like aimless doodling style sketchbook like it's basically a sketchbook style turned into paintings and he suggested the materials in the sizes what are the materials working it's on those are done in uh, <clears throat> it's just one shot enamel paint it's basically like spray paint except liquid mm -hmm. I never heard of it okay. before but I think a lot of graffiti, it's sign painting paint. Right. It's the paint that you put on glass that will stay there forever. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like nail polish, basically. It must be pretty toxic. 
it's pretty toxic. I had to do it all outside with gloves and everything. Yeah. By wait, while you have all the nice photos of the. Oh yeah, of me outside. Yeah, I did them. Out, yeah, I did them yeah, outside. It almost there. comes off looking like scratchboard. I know. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. So it's really my unconscious kind of doodling style. So it was fun to do this show, and I was able to do it really quickly. I did. 16 paintings in a month. I did like one a day. Oh. And I didn't think about any of those. I did, it's really kind of like, yeah, like an art show of my like mindless doodling style, which can be seen in like the backgrounds and stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. But it was fun to just concentrate on that. So that was really fun. I don't know if I'll do more of it or not. Or and you don't what, normally work that big. No, yeah, at all. Yeah, I don't. There's a lot of stuff with that that is really funny. Like, it's already, like I, I barely ever paint. Yeah, and not that big. And... Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So it's fun. Or like process, you know. It's kind of fun. It's kind of accessing a different part of your brain. Yeah, a little bit. And it was a fun to kind of like take a break from doing other stuff. Well, especially when you're looking at like just the idea heavy, text heavy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. To do something that was really kind of abstract and mindless. But I made up a good couple good paragraphs as to what it's really about. Nice. Yeah, I did. I actually, it was fun to write. I wrote a good like thing. Just to go along with the, mm-hmm. with the work that we go. It's interesting because Frank. But it was true. It was actually true, like what it is. But. <laughs> I know Frank's show was kind of like really left field for him too. The one that he did, he yeah. yeah, he did a similar thing kind of here. But I can see it reflected in his Pompeii book. He must have been working on that at the time or something. Yeah. Because he did a bunch of gestural drawings of like Saturn and a bunch of different like gods and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. For sure. Then. Yeah. So do you think the painting work relates to your comic book work at all? Mm-hmm, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I called the show Cartoon Utopia 2014. Too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit of a joke, too. But, like, right. yeah, I think it relates. It comes it comes from the same place. I might just, like, put it in a different part of the comics and mm-hmm. stuff. But I definitely feel like it's part of the same work. And even as, like, a bunch of panels, like, it works as some weird kind of abstract comic or something. That's why. I, like I, might, pu- I might publish a do like a zine of it with each page, you know, like a 16-page zine of them all or something. Just no, but, it would work really well with like no descriptions. That's what I was thinking. No writing. I've actually like, been thinking about the, yeah, no words at all, no, not on the cover or anything. Just, yeah. But I was, I've been thinking the last couple of days, I'm like, I'll make a card, I'll make a piece of paper, I'll make a slip. Just nothing? Just nothing. That's, <laughs> at least for me. I mean, be well, it's good because I could sell them online and just be like, no words, nothing, and send it right. Or trying to think of a little, maybe a little plastic well, envelope with a sticker. Yeah. There you go, maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, it goes with like kind of that, this small edition art book type thing. Like, mm-hmm. And I've yeah. seen a lot more of that. Kind of, like, I know you've been around a lot of that with the zine scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Years, but it seems like it's coming in a different way now, where it's getting more focused on like the special edition, the limited edition. Yeah, I don't know if, if that's what people have. I came up with the idea of doing having that approach with this Diana comic. Yeah. Kind of just organically, but are people starting to do stuff like that? It just seems to kind of like make sense. I went to a thing in Vancouver at the art gallery that was a um, kind of a art book fair. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys have had them here in LA. Oh yeah, yeah, there was a there was a big one there because um, there's the one in New York had a they had one here as well. Oh, okay. And it was giant. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. It was the week. It was two weeks before Zine Fest. It was definitely an eye opener for me to go to the art book fair. And then go to the zine book, zine fair, in at, in relation to comics. Yeah. With right. both of them, because neither of them wanted to use that word. But right. obviously, it's all these good. things that are happening are built on the model of the alternative comic convention. Right. Yeah. It's there. It's 
pretty strange. I'm into it all. It's really like exciting, but it's really funny to see like the different ideas or how things fit in to them. It's funny to see all these like people grasping at words as what to call. I wonder where that is. Them all because they all have the. It's like the graphics and stapled paper. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like because a lot of creators seem to be relaxing about that and being like, no, this is just my life. I'm into comics. Yeah. It seems like so much less of a stigma about that. It's always funny when it still yeah. exists. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's also like some of them just aren't comics. Like I remember one that my girlfriend picked up, and it was like this like eight page or so thing, and it was just patterns. Mm, yeah. So one was like, which is definitely like an art book. Yeah. Right. Like kind of thing, or is it a zine or what? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Kind of it's it's humorous up. stuff to try and like be like, no, that's not this, it's that. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's right. all like whatever. And even like stuff like that, where they, you have these patterns and these images, they interplay with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they have, you know, there is something yeah. there. Just like with that, you, they're abstract. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a story, but they're working together. Yeah, yeah. Or like earlier, we were talking about Jason McClain, mm-hmm. and that's someone specifically who yeah. uh-huh. his work is not sequential, but they work with each other. Like there yeah. is a story there. Yeah, it's in stuff. in the realm of words and pictures together. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. I will order a copy when it comes out. <laughs> I was thinking when you were talking about that, about how in the same way that you mentioned your artwork um, being, your 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 kind of bubble letters being so ingrained in the artwork is something that forces the reader to uh, spend a longer time on it. Yeah. I always feel like that's what text does a lot of times, is it just slows the reader down mm. on the page. Mm-hmm. Because a lot, of, a lot of people will just skim right past an illustration, even if it took you million years to draw it's true it's hard to direct people that way i guess that's part of the craft of like yeah making people work through things Mm -hmm. that way and i know it's being examined a lot more now now um the book cartoon utopia Mm -hmm. um the series of work the cartoon utopia Mm -hmm. what is the cartoon utopia then the cartoon utopia is a catch-all for me of uh positive ideas as to looking at uh, ways of looking at the world. And as a, a lot of ways, cart, I realize cartoon kind of equals utopia, that a utopia and a cartoon are kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, an, it's an, idealized, uh, an idealized thought form, more or less, like an idealized way of looking at things. And I think I started the cartoon utopia, it's very, you know, I started it right around 2008 when a lot of stuff was changing. Yeah in the world, you know, and uh, so there was a lot of like the whole, and it was definitely like made, like the idea of it came about in the whole like hope, uh, Obama being elected, like stuff that was going on with people. But yeah, the cartoon utopia is my, my place for depositing like a way of looking at the world hmm. uh, and, and like a new, kind of a new different way of like looking at the world, which in like utopia is an open idea as to whether it's positive or negative or like you know it's a self-defined it's a self-defined thing and it's yeah yeah, it's kind of like my way of like defining like a different way of looking at things and i did and i and i do feel that there is a different way of looking at things that that culture and media aren't showing and there's too much of the other side as far as i'm concerned that's kind of like really kind of negative and I don't know, just bad or something like that. But in me doing this, I feel like there's a lot more people who kind of feel the way that I do, Yeah, which is kind of nice. Well, I mean, it's kind of, with you, that's kind of an ongoing thing. Like I was talking to some folks at a festival and you came up as like kind of um, the guy that really pushed the art comic aesthetic, like 
mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. Yeah. shedding these expected traditional narratives. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> there's some people celebrating you and there's other people upset. I don't, it, it is interesting how I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not interacting in the social world of talking about comics, but I always know that people are. But yeah. I'm seeing things that are happening and it's funny like what I want to look at these days yeah. has changed and I think it's a lot of it's even like I don't I mostly want to read comics that are like really like an in-depth read like mm-hmm. the, I just got the the Tahano the Texas history comics oh, nice. from oh, yeah, Vinegar yeah, yeah. like that's where I am yeah. which is really Jack far Jackson. away from what yeah. I might be doing and also really far away from art based comics outside that might be influenced by stuff that I've done because I look a lot of things like that and I'm like that's really pretty but I'm not like, I'll be like, I'm not as, I'm not as like, I'm mostly interested in digging into really heavy stuff. Yeah. And I'm becoming attracted to cartoonists out there that I see doing that. And it's something that I don't do. I'm not, you know, it's like I'm the high maze number one and I'm, you know, <laughs> one of the hundreds of people that can't do what he's doing. But I want to see people who are doing that, you know. I make this up every day. <laughs> he should. <laughs> I saw, what was the, I saw a post of the, the two pages with Ray and Maggie. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone posted like la- someone posted it last week and said yeah. something about it. It was I looked at it and was like, I was like, wow, he has no peers at all. No, no, no peers in the last thirty years. Maybe there's someone European I don't know about, or maybe he's as good as all the European guys because I don't. I, think I can't put all of Tr- Trondheim or some of those people who have just like done massive shit together. But then I met, but in in, in English speaking comics, there's no right. one who's given us thirty years of that at well, all. The thing is with like guys like Trondheim and Safar is that in a way because they don't slow down. Yeah, and I don't know if there's someone yeah, who has like a 30-year... I'm not as knowledgeable yeah. about that stuff. Well, it's, it's, it's super subjective. That's hard to... With Jaime, I think it's interesting because it's like him building his own... For what exactly what he does, that's like, yeah. you're not going to be more, you're not going to get more Hernandez than the Hernandez brothers. Yeah, which is exactly. exactly. I think that's one of the main mm-hmm. things about you know doing personal art, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's really easy to compare Jaime to so many cartoonists from but even with your work, from the 50s and 60s. It's a yeah. lot easier to compare him. Yeah. Just the, the, the scope of what he's able... It probably all just comes down to salary, really. Yeah. All of it. If a newspaper was employing me, you'd see a lot more work from me, and that's true <laughs> of, like, everyone of my, you know... Maybe? I don't know. What a lot, you know... It was easier for people because Jaime is just like he's a, he's the only one who's actually able to carve out the space to put that much yeah. work into it. But I feel like it's easier to compare him to people from right. Well, that's also his wheelhouse too. Yeah. If he's looking at Hank Ketchum or whatever. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, because I mean, in some ways, it's like you know, you wouldn't want to be like you know, who's better, you know, Jaime or uh, I don't know, someone on a totally different world, you know. Tom mm. Herbeck or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's, it's hard to, there's just, it's different comics. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's probably like personal because I've, for the last 30 years, yeah. I associate people who read Love and Rockets. And these aren't people that are into comics yeah. necessarily. Yeah. These are people who are just like into a certain part of culture. And they, like me, may have never read a superhero comic or know anything else about comics at all, but they've been reading like Jaime for 30 years. Yeah. Which is amazing. <laughs> It's a story that never ends. Yeah. Um, thank you, Ron. Thank you for playing host to me and Brandon and uh, allowing us into your home. Um, reminder, folks, his latest book is The Cartoon Utopia, as well as um, somewhat recently from Drawing Closely, 
uh, the fabulous collection of all those mini, that's all your mini comics at a certain point in time against this pain, against right? pain those are none of my mini comics oh okay none of my mini comics have ever been reproduced in a oh. book form I am um, the looking back that book should be maybe twice as big as it is and I wish someone had kind of edited me or helped me realize that I had like three different volumes of reprint stuff that I was gonna do and that these are this is just anthology work oh, okay from like Kramer yeah from like from like 2000 to 2010 or so oh, okay I thought it yeah. was like... all my my 90s mini comics have never been collected so most people actually have never seen them oh, okay. uh, I was gonna do a volume of all of the mini comics together but it just seems retarded now and no one's interested in publishing are they all different that. sizes too yeah, they're all different sizes and stuff. We, me and Alvin had talked about it. It was kind of like a pie-in-the-sky Winaventura project. Yeah. Like in 2006 or something like that. It was like, oh, in two years we'll do all your... Uh -huh. it, it was going to be a square little volume of them, but... Yeah. I'd love to see volumes of like you and Mark Bell and mm -hmm. all those amazing old minis. So, thank you. Thank you so much.